Hello and welcome back to the Live, Learn, Lead podcast, the podcast to inspire the leader in you and to help you live and lead the life that you love, as well as serve those that you are leading to the best of your ability. And today we have a fantastic guest on the show. He is the author of several books, particularly a book called The Little Pocket of Confidence, The 10 Golden Steps to Feeling Confident. He's also writing a book on stress right now, and our topics are going to be how to feel confident even when you're not experienced, and how to deal and manage with stress. Of course, as is the style of this podcast, we keep on going with the deep conversations, and you can definitely guarantee there's some fun stories in there. Raj has come from a fantastic lineage. He was born in India, and he moved to the UK in 1970. His dad... Dr. Dunhi Suren is a GP who's now retired. He's a much respected elder and statesman, and he has his own books as well. So this year when Raj launched his first book, he felt honored that he could place his father's and his book alongside each other. But honestly, the qualifications do not stop there. I first met Raj when we were on the tatami in the dojo, and he was one of my instructors. He has taught jitsu to a very, very high level all over the world, including Canada, America, South Africa, Scotland. I mean, the list just keeps going on. He has multiple other qualifications in martial arts, and that's just listing that area. He's worked with MIND and has been a qualified coach for several decades. He's also been helping with an anti-bullying campaign and raising awareness for mental health long term. Raj believes that having a resilient and adaptable mind will help when dealing with confidence, stressful situations in life. He says that stress is important to help us drive our goals, but having too much stress can be dilapidating. And if not recognised or managed before it escalates into anxiety and sadly depression, it can be devastating. Raj is keen to help those in need and is currently writing a number of self-help books, two of which we're going to talk about today. They're for both adults and for children and will be ready in the next six months. So guys, watch out for them. One is already out there, available for download, and I cannot wait to see the others. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce you. Here's our conversation. I hope it helps you feel more confident and find ways to cope with your stress better, which I know we all need right now. So hi and welcome. I'm here with Raj Seren and I'm going to let you introduce yourself properly, but um, you've had <laughs> the pleasure or the displeasure of teaching me martial arts for several years. Um, you've been really quite a strong influence for me, particularly when I was going into teaching juniors. I know I came to you with a lot of questions and you helped me sort of like not be too terrified about breaking small children when teaching the martial arts. Um, Indeed. I've got a lot of things to talk about over some books you're writing and some things you've put out into the world but how about you go ahead and just sort of introduce yourself a little bit about who you are and what is it you do. Brilliant well my name is Raj Soren and uh, I'm an uh, author as well as a sales manager and a martial art coach and I really am passionate about writing books at the moment. Uh, my most recent book uh, currently out on Amazon um, is A Little Pocket book of confidence and that is something that uh, I've been wanting to write for some time I sort of started about 10 years ago um, then came back to it again and something that I saw other people struggling out there who weren't confident and I know when I was young growing up through um, school and and university I struggled with my confidence 
I got uh, very nervous and scared when I had to speak into public uh, occasions. And even when I started martial arts, I, I knew that I wasn't very good at remembering things. I got very dizzy when I'm doing roles. So um, having said that, uh, over time and persistence and um, just support uh, from family and friends, you can actually become more confident. So using that skill, and maybe you can pass it on to somebody else out there, but for my experiences and for my nerves, I struggle with exams. I'd failed a lot of exams early on. And um, so I just, to pass on the, the fact that even if you fall down once, twice, three times, you can pick yourself back up and um, get back on the bike, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the, the pocket, little pocketbook of confidence was full of different stories, anecdotes from me, uh, from famous quotes, and little tips along the way, um, tried and tested methods that I've used and other people have used. And maybe it can help someone out there to, to make a difference in their life. Yeah, thank you. And it kind of surprises me you saying that you didn't feel very confident growing up or that you struggled with exams, because I guess I've always known you as like one of my senseis, one of my teachers, and I've always like really looked up for you and I'd never have thought that you weren't confident on something. And, um, you know, I know I've had my own challenges with that and some of them have been very visible on the mat and some of them haven't. And like your guidance along with a lot of other people has really encouraged me. And a lot of what you were saying is in that book. I've started reading it. I haven't finished yeah. it. <laughs> we were talking about it mm. offline. But you've put in there, basically, the chapters are structured to the word confidence, right? Each chapter is the, a letter of the word confidence. And you've already said a little bit about why you created it. But, you know, 10 years ago to now, that's a really long time for something to be in your mind. What? was the kind of the deciding factor to start putting pen to paper and go, you know what, I'm just going to do it? Well, I think uh, the fact that um, I was spending so much time with martial arts uh, as a sales manager as well um, in, in the industry, I'm, I'm involved in the pharmaceutical industry, but uh, then lockdown came along <laughs> and it gave me a bit more time to think about what's important. And I was spending more time with family, uh, in the ways we can. A lot of it was through Zoom. Uh, couldn't do as much martial arts because of lockdown. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, why don't I put that book up in different sections, put it together uh, and launch it. And that's what I managed to do. I managed to get a publisher in India. So it got uh, managed to get sort of uh, sorted out there. And then I couldn't get it launched in UK for some time. Plus, it couldn't get any printing done because uh, of the printers couldn't get uh, manufacturing sorted out for some time. And that really drove me because I knew that uh, during lockdown, people, a lot of uh, mental, people had mental health issues, uh, lost the confidence because of lost jobs or because of local circumstances. There's relationships that have been broken down. Uh, and, you know, those are the sort of the, uh, things that uh, impact on people's lives. So I thought, well, well this book, uh, Book of Confidence, if that can help one person just to, just to pick themselves up when they're down, to say that someone else believes in them, to, to, to have that extra bit of faith to say, look, you can do this. You don't have to be the best in the world, but you can be the best you you can be. Mm. So that sort of encouraged me and uh, my family supported me with it as well. And I thought, well, if I don't do it now, when I'm going to do it? <laughs> yeah, if I don't do it when, like, basically, I'm not allowed to do anything else that I distract myself, yes. <laughs> when will I write it? Absolutely, yeah. So that got me encouraged, and you know, it still took a bit of time, 
Um, but I was I was happy that uh, it finally got published. And interestingly enough, my dad's one of my inspirations because he was writing and he, uh, when he retired from being a doctor uh, some 15 years ago, and he's still writing and touring um, in India. And, and uh, he's a big inspiration to me. So he's got two books out. And our two, our two books were in the same university that were um, in the reception of the university in, in India. So oh, my dad's book and my book next to each other. Uh, so it's a very proud moment. And do you think people were like looking at it going, is it the same, you know, they're matching them up and they're seeing them just sat there like side by side. That's a nice little legacy, isn't it, really? Yeah, there's two, well, obviously, my dad's name, you know, Dr. Soren, Dooney Soren, and my name was uh, in, in a different book. But not only that, but um, my daughter, Chandi, she is the artist. So the front cover of the lion has been uh, painted by her. And uh, I get a lot of inspiration for my children, they're very talented, and uh, children, uh, they go to martial arts, they're all black belts as well. But, but they've all got their own individual skills and talents, whether it's making jewellery or painting or, um, you know, designing. Uh, so that's the th thing that's driven me. And my wife uh, also did some of the drawings in the, in the book, as well as my daughter, Chandy. So my wife, Josie. Oh, I didn't realise that. So I knew... I knew um... Your daughter did a lot of artwork and I've seen some of it. It's phenomenal. I didn't realise she'd done the artwork for the book or that your, your wife, Joyty, had done it too. So, oh, that's going to make it even more special when I go back and reread it. <laughs> re indeed, it. indeed. So it was their dream come true as well. And um, the fact that we've done it as a family, um, um, I feel really good about it and proud of the family. Um, and then we're already in the process of doing a couple of other books. Um, uh, so I don't you've know got if you want... writing bug now. Yes, yeah. Next one is going to be on, on stress and, and life, real life stories from people with different backgrounds from all around the world. And you very kindly um, said that you'd uh, do a story from your end as well, which is fantastic. I have. I've sent you something across. It's a bit different, so you have to let me know how it goes. But um, yeah, I was really excited to be asked, actually. I think it's really important to talk about stress and, and what that looks like for everybody, because um, things are quite different for different people. Well, indeed, yeah. Stress, what can be stressful to one person uh, can make no difference to another person. So what, what is it that makes people stressed? And it's a very difficult uh, thing to answer sometimes because um, it really depends on what people, what people value as being a trigger that makes them stressed. Then that has an impact on their physiology and their thinking and then their confidence and self-esteem. And it also depends on what strategies they picked up in life to handle stress. Mm. Maybe they, if they see people stressed around them all the time, then they're not probably learning a lot from it unless those people who are stressed have got a coping strategy. Yeah, I think that's really important. So I was listening to a lecture this morning actually on the epigenetics of trauma and stress. And it's amazing how our behaviours can affect the expression of our genes, which then in turn changes like our emotions, which affects our body and then affects our thoughts. So it's almost like this feedback loop. And it was really interesting listening to it. And I was like, wow, I should have listened to that before I wrote you your little <laughs> extract. I, I think you're right. I mean, it, it sort of reprograms your mind, your thinking processes uh, and the physiology of your body and your mind. So then um, unless it's dealt with early on, it's going to be sort of damaging. Mm. And it's difficult to recover unless it's a slow pro process. And some people don't um, don't recover, then they go down a slippery slope. 
Yeah, I think that's it. And I think it's recognizing it and catching it early and then knowing your coping strategies. And I think there's so many different things that you can do, but it's about, like you said, everybody's a bit different. So it's got to find the right thing. So you've started with confidence. You're moving on to your second book with stress. Is there there a particular reason why that order? Well, I think um, I did a lot of work with confidence when I used to work with Mind Charity. Uh, as a a life coach and um, I used to do a lot of charity work for them and I know that uh, confidence is is a big issue for everyone Uh, but stress these days um, has increased over the last um, you know five ten years that I've known it and especially with the impact of lockdown people become more stressed and the mental health is is a major impact and um, I know I've been stressed in in, in my jobs I've I've had uh, whether it's uh, in sort of in the pharmaceutical industry I've been in or whether it's doing martial arts because it's, it can be quite stressful running uh, your own club or a number of clubs or uh, I was the director of the Jiu-Jitsu Foundation that, that for 17 years that has its own stresses but has its own pleasures as well mm-hmm. and um, I've come up with my own strategies but they're not the strategies that are going to work for everybody else this is why I've asked for stories from different people with different backgrounds and how they've managed to cope so maybe their story can inspire and help somebody else around the world. Mm, yeah, I love that. And so, are you going to weave in like some of your own experience into that, and like some of the science and the and the techniques you've learned from all the life coaching as well? I'm assuming. Absolutely, yeah. So the background from life coaching, the background from life, background from martial arts, background from being being a sales manager uh, and a, and a uh, trainer at work as well, um, as well as uh, you know, getting experience. Um, and knowledge from what, what's out there in terms of the science of it all. Mm. Uh, and sometimes you can't bl- blind people with too much science because <laughs> lots of books are out there about um, the strategies coping and science of it all. There was some of that in there, but more importantly, it's about real-life stories uh, that can impact somebody else out there emotionally, mentally, and even if it's a small nugget of information that will help them, that's going to be worthwhile by doing that. Yeah. So in that, I guess I hear is like stories that people feel they can relate to. Yes, yeah. um, because um, some people may not be able to relate to um, a high-powered businessman or a millionaire that, that stressed or whatever, but whether it's, it's you know, might, someone might be a, a policeman, might be a teacher, might, they might be a psychologist, coach, doctor, you know, people, a housewife, uh, a student, they're, they're the type of stories that we'll be exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people from different religious backgrounds as well. Um, so I can't reveal too much because I'm still halfway through this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I'm just going to go back really briefly. I've got some notes I've made here. Um, on your confidence book, it's, I find it really interesting. So you've gone through with each letter of the word and it's listed out like C-O-N-F, and it goes courage, overcome, negative feelings, inspired, determined, esteem, necessity, communicate, and enthusiasm. And obviously, we don't have time to go through all of those, but mm. I feel like all of these topics that we're talking about, that first one that jumps out at me is courage. And it's yeah. something I know I've been listening to a lot of podcasts on, and it's definitely something I end up talking about a lot. And I think it's it's worth maybe if it's okay to unpack that a little bit of what is courage to you. Um, obviously, you, you state some things in the book, but it'd be great to capture here yes. what courage is and what you mean in the context of um, confidence and stress. 
That's a very good question. Uh, I think courage to me really means uh, sort of going beyond your own personal boundaries. And because you don't have to be going out fighting a lion, you know, um, be courageous to go out, save lives, uh, take a bullet in the chest, those type of things. Um, courage can mean different things to different people. So in this context, courage is saying, look, how can I be a bit, bit more braver to make that next decision? Maybe it's to prepare a presentation at work. Maybe it's to have a conversation with someone I didn't want to have a conversation with. Uh, maybe it's applying for a new job. So that's the type of you know simple down to earth courage I'm talking about, and then it can lead on to bigger courage when you when you when you happen to to be the brave individual. Um, for example, if someone gets a, a, a loved one that gets locked in a a room and you can't get them and, and there's a fire, you know you get the strength and courage to break that door down because nothing else in the world matters. Mm, yeah. yeah, because it's that that is that important. So that's a different type of courage altogether. Is you get this you know the willpower comes through because of the situation and because the loved one is in danger. Um, so I don't know if that's helped you to sort of understand what I mean by uh, courage. Yeah, it has. So kind of it's it's different levels of, of bravery of, I guess, doing something. What I'm hearing that is, you know, going for the new job or talking to somebody that you would be uncomfortable talking to is being a little bit uncomfortable and being okay with that. And um, maybe even like just testing it out on different degrees before you go straight into yes. uh, like brave mama bear rescuing her child type courage, yeah. which it is... sometimes it sometimes means having just you know five seconds of courage to make that decision and go through with it. But yet we we only think about it for days and days on you know days and months before we make that step. But mm. if we ask ourselves, can I be brave for five seconds and, and, and be down with the consequences? <laughs> what's, the worst thing, what's the worst thing that can happen you know <laughs> no, that's what's going through my head a lot of the time is that this is the worst thing that can happen that's pretty bad actually <laughs> yeah yeah indeed so the worst thing can happen but most of the time it's not going to kill you yeah true. very true most of, the time, most of the time it's probably going to be an emotional, emotional roller coaster but if you've actually decided that's the price you're going to pay then that's the, that's the courage and steps you have to make along the way and it depends how important that is to you because unless you've got the motivation to do it, you're not going to pick up the courage to do it either. Yeah, true. And I think for me, it's like what a lot of people miss about being brave, being courageous, is that you first of all got to be a little bit scared. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because if, if you're not scared of anything, then you, then what's the point? Of, you know, Otherwise, you're not going to ex expand in your own boundaries because I think people get um, just, just ingenuous when they say they're not, they're not scared, they all, they've always got courage because that means they're not explored enough things in life. Yeah. Or, or they don't care for other people's feelings or the situations. Mm. And I, I um, that's not courage then, that's just not caring. And that's like... Yeah, it's a bit of bravado and, uh, um, mm. you know, arrogance. But yeah, you, you, having some courage, yeah, you're going to go through some nerves. I think I mentioned in the book, you're going to have butterflies. So uh, it's an expression that people, a lot of people use this, you know, you have to teach those butterflies to fly in formation. But, but if you're not used to doing that how who's going to teach the butterflies to do that <laughs> yeah i've never tried herding butterflies but <laughs> yeah oh i love that and then so i've i've pulled out a couple of quotes that really really resonated with me that you've put into the book there's one i'm not sure exactly where it's come from um but it says it's not where you have come from in life that determines your destiny but the size of your dreams and the depth of your conviction and determination and will 
um, and willpower, sorry, you have to achieve them. And I think that with what you're saying, it's about how much do you want it for you? Yes, to yeah. have to want it a lot. And Absolutely. So, it's, guess, probably, it's probably no name next to that because that's what's one of my quotes. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I was like, is this you? <laughs> <laughs> so it is from the master himself. Um, yeah, so it's, it's how much do you want it? So you've got to understand what you want first, I guess. Absolutely. Um, I think it's like anything in life. If you want something, then uh, uh, you're stronger with your convictions behind it and you're willing to pay the price of getting through the nerves. Um, and then you have to dig deep sometimes. Yeah. What is your conviction to do that? And what if you didn't get it? If it doesn't hurt that you didn't get it, then wasn't that important in the first place? Yeah. Or that some of the things I've had to do is kind of like, it's really scary leaving this place and like I'm really worried but actually staying here is worse like what yeah. if I stayed here what if exactly. it changed mm-hmm. what's more scary staying still or taking a step forward yeah and then um I, I had this this time so after I've sort of stepped away from martial arts for a little bit as you know and I remember about a year and a half ago going into a dance um like day like a workshop day and I'd only just found about it the day before I was brand new into this dance and it was for quite advanced dancers with these like instructors that come over from America who are yes. like really high up and I was like oh my gosh what's going to happen like am I just going to embarrass myself am I going to have to sit on the side and I was like really like really nervous like I didn't sleep the night before and I had a friend who was like come over for a cup of tea before you go to this workshop seriously and we sat there and we're like right so you've told me all your stories about martial arts where there's people literally throwing chairs at your head. There's yeah. like <clears throat> really big people punching you in the face and you're fine with that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, cause you train for it and it's like stuff you do to be safe. And like, you yes. know, they're your old friends. I know they don't genuinely want to hurt me most of the time. <laughs> and they're like, so what you're scared of is going to a dance class where the worst thing that can happen is you sit out and you watch and you still yeah. get to see stuff that you wouldn't have seen yeah. if you weren't there. And I was like, well, when you put it like that. <laughs> well, this is it. Because we make these uh, mountains out of mole- molehills, don't we? Yeah, but it's literally since then been my motto. He's like, is anyone going to punch you in the face? I was like, no. It's like, then, yeah. then- <laughs> I'd prefer if someone punched me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did say that, yeah. I think I'm comfortable yeah. with that. I'm fine with that. But- yeah um it's interesting about your comfort zones then because that's a comfort yeah zone. i think you're right about that because every five years every three to five years i try something new mm. um so whether it, i start a new martial art uh i from 10 years ago i started archery so i became, I became an archery instructor um then i started um, a few years later than that well before that i started life coaching so i did a diploma in that so i was trying to stretch myself then before that was uh i did a master's um during work uh, over, th- over two years then i started things like um i started aikido i got a black belt in aikido um that because i always wanted to feel that uncomfortable so i'm always learning something then i started medieval sword work because i knew i was, uh, um but you know within a, a year over year i'd want to cost second two silvers in a competition um, <laughs> So that sort of encouraged me. 
I start. I, I bought a guitar when I was fifty for my fiftieth birthday. I had no uh, music talent whatsoever. My my children could play piano, play guitar, those type of things, but I had no musical talent. So I had a few lessons uh, for the year. Then I started self-taught for the last uh, six years. Um, and last week was my first time I ever sang in public. Oh, congratulations! Uh, yeah. How does that feel? Well, I, I sang in front of a bunch of Americans uh, on <laughs> Zoom. On Zoom. <laughs> Fantastic. Did you enjoy it? I loved it, yeah, because um, there's a new thing that they're doing now is that during lockdown, people connecting all around the world through something called Buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a new sort of... Uh, I, start, I joined a Facebook group for amateur guitarists and I, I posted a few things on there and I started my own Facebook group and Instagram um, uh, sort of followers for my own guitar work. Um, so I've only started singing for the last 12 months um, sort of writing my own songs uh, and uh, I got invited to jam with other people from around the world. So there's different people from around the world, some that play electric guitar, acoustic guitar. You talk about the guitar and your passion for it while you, you enjoy it. Then uh, you sort of either play or sing or combination for a few minutes. Then everyone gets a round of applause and you move on to the next person. Uh, so I did it last week and I did it again this week, yesterday, in fact. Uh, and and the nice thing people said, oh, is that a cover? Is that a, are you doing a cover? I said, no, it's my original song. Oh, fantastic. So I guess yeah. that's the thing. It's like once you've been brave and you found that community to support you, all of a sudden you start realising that actually you can get that confidence. Yes, this is it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, obviously uh, I'm not a, uh, sort of at the top end of the scale for playing guitar or singing, but it doesn't really matter if I'm enjoying it and other people appreciate it. That's the important thing. Mm. Um, this is what we mean by courage um, to do what to do and keep on stretching yourself because I can't expect to write a book on confidence and courage if I'm not experiencing those challenges every single day I can't expect to write a book in stress unless I've, I've had a stressful life uh, and those type of things so you go find it at the end of a broadsword <laughs> yes exactly so I, I go out fighting and uh, using longsword and uh, saber and uh, pole axe and all sorts of things um, so that, that's a lot of fun we can't do it at the moment because of lockdown we've yeah. also started um, writing books on uh, confidence self, uh, self-help books for kids so that's coming along over the next few months and are uh, your daughters and wife um, doing the artwork for those as well they are they will be doing yeah my Joyce and I are writing the books uh, and my daughter's doing the, 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 um, the pictures for it so in the next few months if we get it in time, we'll be ready for Christmas. If not, we'll be after then. But there's a, you know, different things like dealing with bullying, dealing with worries, um, confidence, those type of things, self-esteem. Oh, uh, it involves kids and martial arts as well. Oh, I'd love to see that, definitely. Um, so when those are ready, send them my way. <laughs> I have, yeah, have more people in my life that I can uh, definitely send these to. Indeed. And, you know, if we start um, coping strategies and helping children, um, then, you know, there'll be hopefully help them throughout their life as they're going through teenage years. Because I don't know about you, but it seems like um, teenagers and young adults are being a lot more stressed these days. Um, there's a lot of mental health issues, um, a lot happening a lot younger. Mm. Um, so anything we can do to help them in, in the challenges they're facing, uh, you know, that's our, our little sort of gift to the world. 
Yeah, it's an interesting subject and I could probably talk to you for hours about it, but I think there's definitely something in that, in that people, there seems to be a lot more pressure, I think, because you're so much more visible now through social media and it's normal. Um, So I was like only just counted as a millennial. I currently have to eat a lot of avocado toast to keep my millennial points so I can remain part of the club because I'm rubbish with technology. But I remember the internet coming in um, so I was probably one of the last generations that was like, oh, what's this internet thing and started learning about social media. So I kind of am that interesting place of remembering a time before, but also being exposed to it, but not too young. Whereas I think now kids are growing up like four, five, six are getting a phone, I like guess, yes. Instagram, and they're starting to see these unrealistic pictures, these ways of contacting and bullying people as well, cyberbullying. Yes. Well, there's a lot of psychology behind this. Um, you probably realise that, that these things are designed, these games are designed um, to have lots of stars and colours, social media, the likes. It affects the serotonin levels. Mm. Uh, it's, a form of, it's, like, it's like chocolate and uh, addiction um, or having lots of likes and followers. People get depressed if they haven't got enough likes during the day or, uh, or they have um, sort of negative comments come through very quickly. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, you wouldn't get much negative comment or feedback because there wouldn't be any social media. You'd, you'd hear it through friends and friends and family over time, but not immediately. Mm-hmm. If, if people like you, they tell you straight away on social media. If they don't like you, they tell you straight away on social media. So that can uh, be in people's minds. Yeah, and I think that's, it's such a shame. And what's interesting, though, is the shift. So for people like you bringing coping strategies in earlier, what I'm also noticing is when I'm coaching like Gen Z, who are that little bit older, they're so passionate about having an impact on the world, I think because this connection in person isn't happening Mm -hmm. in the younger years, that they want to feel seen and heard through changing the world around them, through having that um, difference and they are comfortable talking about their feelings and when I coach them they instantly go into coaching language so I think it's wonderful that it's there but they're yes. maybe not receiving the full coping strategies and the, the full yeah. understanding and it's in a world that's kind of almost catching up to that mindset but you know in yeah I think people are used to instant reward system um, they might try a job for a few weeks or a month, and so why, why have I not got promoted? You know, what, where's, where's my next promotion? What's the next pay rise? But um, because they've been surrounded by instant gratification since they were young. Yeah, I mean, I get mad when I have to wait a week for something to arrive from the internet, yeah. right? And it used to be like well, that was you, really quick. Yeah, you, you order something, it's here the next day. Yeah, and and, and the internet's so clever; they know what you want before you even you know. Oh, they'd, be, they'd be following your shop. I think the big thing is about so, is um, having better conversations with people, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know the, the listening and the empathy and all those other things. Are you thinking of bringing the whole idea of having good connected conversations into the books that you're writing? Yeah, I think part of the conversation it, it's uh, in, in, the, in the books without revealing too much. It's a conversation between um, a child and, a, and their father, um, and their sensei as well. So it's having those conversations, conversations with teachers, with other friends that they've got as well. So um, getting that support system in place and you're going to, you know, if it's a, to do, around bullying, how does that people, how does that impact on people's lives? How can you overcome it? How do we tackle bullies? Um, those type of things. Uh, or how do we t- tackle worries and, and at a young age? Mm-hmm. So unless those um, 
conversations ahead, you're not going to able to identify what the match, you know, what the problem is. Yeah, and then you can tackle it. So it's having those better conversations, just generally in life, I think, in any relationships, and that's the unfortunately about fifty percent of relationships that don't work out there um, long term um, for whatever reasons, uh, either to lack of understanding, trust, um, different uh, outlook on life, uh, and maybe just not having down to earth, honest conversations. Mm, yeah. Um, so, so if it can happen um, a, a later, if it can happen to a 30, 50, you know, 60-year-old and they've had all that experience in life and they still haven't learned how to have a good conversation, then if we can get it early in life, then hopefully they can have a better future. Yeah, definitely. And on that, just very briefly, if there are, like, because I'm noticing more 30 and 40-year-olds kind of getting to that midlife point and kind of realising, okay, I've got the house, got the car, maybe I've done the kids, maybe I haven't, got a good job, I've done the things I should have done. There's very much a should featuring there. And then they're sort of stopping and going, but I'm not feeling fulfilled. And I'm noticing more and more people coming to me as a coach because there's nothing wrong, but there's not, it's just not feeling right. Yes. And there's then this, this guilt over, well, I have a good life, so I should be happy, right? But I'm not. And what is it I want to mm. fix? And then they're trying to help that. So I think some of it, a lot of it is not having a good conversation with yourself. Yes. Well as other people. So for somebody who's not grown up with these coping strategies, who's not started on the personal development side yet, yeah. where would you suggest starting to have those good conversations with yourself and with other people to start feeling more fulfilled? I think uh, very important uh, is to have a look at the framework and the yardstick that you measure success and your own personal success. Then it may be getting a better job, better car, better salary, promotions, those type of things. But then they can, within a month or two in or six months in, they're still back to where they started of not feeling satisfied. Mm. So I think the conversation with yourself is find out what is it what makes you happy. What is that that makes you content and do more of that? And, and if you've always put the, le- uh, the ladder of success against the wall, make sure it's the right wall. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you've heard the conversation uh, said before, someone who's worked really hard uh, all their life at work and they're, they're on the deathbed. And the last thing, you don't you really hear them say, well, you know what? I wish I was back in the office. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I was out there selling more of this or doing more of that or doing a bit more management or leadership. Then they realize, well, maybe I should have spent more time with my children, more time with my partner, more times in the park, just enjoying life in nature, those type of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone through the same things because uh, you sometimes get upset because you see other people more successful than you or with more things than you. But then again, you still see them after a period of time money and all those um you know all those flashy things aren't going to make you happy you can still be happy with them but find out at what level that you're content and happy and you can continue to be and even if you lose some of those things then you adjust and say well you know what i don't have that flashy car that flashy house but you know what i've still got my health and even if you haven't got your health you still you still got some time on this planet that you can say you know what at least had some great memories and whatever time I've got left on this planet, I can appreciate it and with my loved ones and do the things that I want are important. Yeah. I'm going to make so, so they're the type of things I think that it's worth having that um, 
that conversation about yourself. It's kind of what makes you happy, what brings you joy, and focus yeah. on that a bit more. Exactly. Yeah. And if, if it is doing getting promotions and other things, then by all means support them with that. Mm. But then I would, again, I would almost say like understand what it is about the promotion because I, I read this book once and it was in the forward of the book and I can never remember the title of the book but it, it said we do not chase the goal we chase the feeling we believe we will have yeah. when we achieve it and That's I was like absolutely. true yeah. I think you're right because it's sometimes for example these gold, gold medalists they enjoy the journey mm. the feeling the training uh, and once they've had it they they're very elated, but then they're, they're a bit down afterwards. So you're right, it's the feeling of achievement after uh, you're doing all that hard work and effort. So it's it's that that they're chasing, whether they want to be a, a better job or, or, or a better car, it's the feeling they get by having to do those things, I suppose. Um, so you can if you can replace those feelings by doing other things, great. If it's just seeking those feelings, you can still do it within, you know, um, that journey yeah absolutely thank you and so if we sort of like kind of draw to a close because I know I've been taking up quite a lot of your time been loving some of the conversations thank you so much um we'll of course put like the links to the books that are out already into the bio I think we said for me obviously this this is like live learn lead so we've got a lot of learning a lot of living our lives and expressing in there um in terms of leadership I think you've touched on it with courage and going out of your comfort zone and learning new things and knowing what makes you happy. But how would you define self-leadership or leadership in general? That's another big question. I think leadership has a variety of different roles. It depends what role you're playing in that time in your life. Uh, you might be a leader uh, within your own family. So it's being a good parent, being a, being a good um, brother or sister, a mother, a daughter, those type of things. So and, and, and think leadership is not just about being the, the top man in the company uh, or, or being, you know, um, super superstar. Uh, it's ability to make sure that you care about the people and you have you know, your goals uh, are there to serve the people. So and um, some people think leadership is dictating to everyone. Uh, but then again, politicians at the moment, they're leaders or are they? Because there's a lot of people put them in power but they're not leading to the expectations of the people yeah that's that's a big kind of worms to open my, my argument this is it. Is they, um, <laughs> they may be in positions of power but possibly not leading as well as they could <laughs> well this is it and I, I think you know, some people say that there's born leaders um then this may well be true because they have national um, certain traits but there could be uh there could be dictators at the same time you know it's a different different form of leadership so I think leadership to me is making sure you do what's best for the people and the organisation you work with, but um, to listen to what people want in the organisation, then you, as a leader you have to feel like you have to make the right decisions for the organisation, and, and not for everyone, but then again you have to make those tough decisions sometimes. Uh, and uh, in this day and age, tough decisions are being made by big leaders all around the companies and corporations, and people sometimes... Um, are ending up with, with redundancies because of the, of the decisions leaderships are made. So whichever people you're with, whether in a family or a group of friends or if you're doing martial arts or whatever it is, if you're in a leadership position, then think about it's not about you, it's about the people you're with and, what, and what's the purpose and mission 
for that group uh, and to ensure you do your best you can because you've been elevated that position so don't abuse it it's helping um, steer the boat and make sure it doesn't capsize with everybody in it right indeed and hopefully you've got enough experience to and you've made enough mistakes along that line uh, along the way to make to sure that you can do the um, the best for the people that you're trying to lead Mm -hmm. And you know, and to be honest, and say you don't you don't have all the answers, and to surround yourself with people who do have the answers, and because otherwise you, you can get quite arrogant and, and think, well, make decisions from the hip might work sometimes, but go and seek information for people who, who who've got the expertise. Yeah, so surround yourself with those who know more than you. Absolutely, love it. And so, if we draw to a close, I've got a couple of questions about you, if that's all right. Sure. Yeah. Um, what is, this, I'm stealing this from Brené Brown, but I really like it. What is something that people don't very often know about you that you wish they knew? Um, I've got a good sense of humour. I've got a crazy sense of humour sometimes, but sometimes I can come across quite stern and serious. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, and people didn't know I played guitar probably um, until I mentioned it. Um, but so, so they're the type of things. Uh, and people didn't know I wrote books until the last few the last 12 months um i and you know i, I enjoy sort of uh, my own time but i enjoy a lot of uh, time with family because i'm a big family individual but people maybe already know that because they see me around the martial art world and I just a real big passion to make a real difference in the world by sharing whatever good that i can bring to the table or bringing um, sort of the stories from other people's um, life so that other people can benefit. Mm, thank you. I knew about the family, but I have to say, like, the books was like, it wasn't a shock, but I was like, oh, that's good. I like this nice that you're writing them. And then mm. I read them and I was like, okay, yeah, that's really cool. I, was, I really like that. Um, the guitar thing, like, I, I wouldn't have predicted that, but that's mm. exciting. And I, I love that you started singing and writing your own songs as well and being more yeah. creative and letting that creative side out. So, what is your favorite song right now? Like, at all? Uh, cool. this is me. It's, it's a really difficult one because uh, I've got I've gone into an area where I've just made my own songs up. <laughs> so that's <laughs> a, that's the challenge because I've I've sort of had inspirations from Advanced Joy and you know Paul Weller and, uh, and other other people out there, but um, but more recently um, just enjoying other people's music but interpreting it in my own in my own way. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm sort of getting around it by not answering your question properly. But uh, <laughs> it's yeah. like basically what I'm hearing is your own songs, which is what yes, you if you're writing. Own, I know this is it. So I'm promoting my own songs at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't love them, who's going to, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to start somewhere, isn't it? You've got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And that brings the joy. And then I think um, we discussed that beginning before we started recording. It's like, if you could get, everybody in the world to take one thing away like all of your other works all of your other legacies are left um and what would you get them to hear and take from you into their lives i think we just need to be able to listen to uh, others a bit more in terms of we're on this planet together we're custodians of this planet and in order for us to get on we have to listen to each other's and be in someone else's shoes. We're not always going to agree, but at least we don't have to um, sort of, you know, get uh, into um, get angry or get, get over emotional. Everyone has the right to choose their own views, 
but unless we get to understand them and then we can have better conversations and only then can we get on better uh, and if we had more conversations i think we all the whole world will get on better yes love that yeah. <laughs> definitely we all need to have better conversations and listen to each other indeed thank you so much um we're gonna put your links out on the bio and everything else but i want to say thank you so much for sharing that with you i've really enjoyed the conversation so i hope you have too indeed well thank you for inviting me uh, it's always been a pleasure and if i can do anything else to, to help and support you and your group um i'd be more than happy to help thank you words there i hope you have taken so much from that and you can go into your day feeling more confident and a lot less stressed and i'm going to invite you to think of ways that you can have those conversations either with yourself with someone in your family or with maybe one of your colleagues because we all need them so much right now let's see how we can reach out and connect even in this divided world go well feed well Have an amazing day.